And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we are going back into the metaphysics. We're going to talk with an interesting and powerful metaphysical teacher and give some insights and perspectives on remaining strong, navigating through the world. Before we begin, I don't know about any of you out there that have kids, but does your kid like to go to bed at 5.30 in the morning? Because uh, that's what my baby likes to do. That is his bedtime, 5.30 in the morning. And he'll wake up in two or three minutes afterwards and want to party. I don't know what it is. I love this kid. He's cool. The newborn is, uh, Ryder is doing amazing. And he looks at me and I just tell him this. I say, have low expectations of daddy. Because if you do, you will definitely not be disappointed. I don't want him to have his hopes up high. Because there's no way. I just assume that I'm going to screw him up. <laughs> so I tell him, I said, you know, if I don't screw you up, then we've accomplished a lot. I was listening to this motivational speaker the other day. And because I really do get sensitive to what's happening in the world and it kind of brings me down. I don't want to bring you guys down with it, but he says the only thing you can control is how you play, is you know what you can do, basically all the actions that you can take. And I love that. So I'm going to incorporate more of that. I guess the only thing we can do in any period of time, whether it be a golden era of humanity or a dark era of humanity, is just focus on our actions and what we can do. I mean, the, the rest of the world is the rest of the world. and Maybe it'll come around, maybe it won't. But I guess individual actions, taking personal responsibility, we can at least be responsible for our own path. And that is what our future guest is going to do. It's going to help us make some cool choices so we can have a more peaceful and pleasant path. Let us begin tonight's program. We welcome to the program Michelle Blood. She is a mystical author. She is a musician. And she is a uh, powerful metaphysical teacher. Learn more about her by going to her website at michelleblood.com. Michelle, how are you doing? Welcome to our show. I'm so looking, I've been really looking forward to speaking with you, Ryan. And first of all, even before I knew that you were connected with Stuart Wilde, mm. I just love the title, Outer Limits of Inner Truth. Outer Limits that, of Inner Truth. Of Inner Truth. I love that so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? <laughs> People say that, oh, you shouldn't take drugs. Well, you know what? Good things happen when you take them because I think I was <laughs> I, I was in the outer limits of insanity when I came up with that title. It just seemed like it was good, and I wrote it down, and I came back. I was like, yes, drugs. Oh, no, it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sure I, maybe that came to me in a meditation, but thank you very much. And we both uh, knew someone, which was uh, Stuart Wilde. I mean, we both uh, – Stuart was my teacher. He was the – you know, we used to represent him. So what was your experience with uh, Mr. Wilde? Straight off the bat, first time um, I met him when we were just going through uh, sound check, 
and he's like, he's like, what in the fuck is this little blonde thing? Aren't you cute? <laughs> what are you going to do? And I said, sing affirmations. Oh, I like that. I'll be watching from the sidelines. And I just liked him straight off the bat. And I told him, we all went out to dinner that night and it was so funny. Um, I'd never met Deepak and I was sitting at the back of the room watching Stuart Wilde, you know, and Stuart had the podium and he had his microphone and he was hitting the podium going at the top of his voice, fuck, and then hitting it again, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. And it sounded like he was hitting his head, but he was actually hitting the microphone against the podium. And I was like, I looked at this Indian guy sitting next to me and I went, oh, this Stuart Wilde, have you read his books? Oh my God, this is going to be great. <laughs> Irreverence and God, that's perfect. That, that means this man's truly a spiritual man. And Deepak said, oh, I haven't actually heard him speak before, but it's not starting wow, off very so well, is it? that's what Deepak Chopra and Stuart were in the early days. Yeah, and he said, I, I don't know, uh, it's not going off very well. And I said, it's great. And then Stuart Wilde said, some people walked out, not a lot, but a few. And he said, oh, great, now that we've got rid of the judgmental assholes, we can get on with talking about God. <laughs> 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 and so that night at dinner... Uh, I couldn't help myself. I was cheeky. I was a rock and roll girl, you know. And I said, ah, Deepak didn't think it went off very well. And he went, oh, God, they're standing, standing up for me. I don't know if they were standing up for him. You know what? In fact, Deepak, you're going to pay for dinner for everyone tonight. You've got more money than anyone. <laughs> wow. He was a you know, trip. And he was very, I think Stuart was very edgy. And that's what I resonate with. That's for some reason, I guess on my path of my journey, he was one of the first teachers I came in contact with, and I guess I, I was I was listening a little bit to Abraham Esther Hicks, and I kind of fell into that new age phase where I was kind of like, ah, you know, maybe this is all cool, and, and then I, it just didn't resonate. And then when I went about Stuart, I came across his work. He was pretty much trashing a lot of these teachers, and he was trashing the fluffy stuff, and I loved it. And he was, the, the the rebelliousness, the, the total discard for the rules, the total. Uh, discard for authority and what other people thought I, I, I totally I, I love that so I think that when people like like liked him or resonate with him there's a certain type of individual that resonates with him but he was a trip he was a trip I remember him in Vegas speaking getting people all fired up and people would leave because he was cursing <laughs> just a lot of fun oh, he, he was fantastic I mean we became best buddies on that tour it, he was just so irreverent and funny and um, he took me to a casino and he's like, uh, you've got a really powerful mind, but I'm going to teach you how to win at casino. And I said, I don't go to casinos. And he said, well, it's about time you started. <laughs> and he, he dragged along Deepak and Wayne Dyer as well. It was a trip. So what about your experience? I mean, the what do affirmations generally do from your perspective? Because I've been listening to them. I record myself saying affirmations. I try to listen to them in the morning. And... Uh, what is your perspective on that? How do they, they help? Well, I know from back then, you know, my car accident in July 1989, and I was told I'd probably never walk again, and the car accident was horrific because it was uh, a truck I was in, and we'd just driven all the way from Brisbane to Sydney, and the driver fell asleep at the wheel, you know, on our way to the next gig, and all the equipment went into my side as he hit, you know, telephone pole went over, and so I was like really smashed up. I was in hospital for months and months and months and months. And people were starting to bring in cassettes of like what they thought was, you know, spiritual. And 
I was like, I'm not into any of this. You know, I don't, when you're resonating in emotional, but particularly physical pain, really bad pain, you don't want people to come in looking like they're going to shit daisies because you don't resonate with that at all, you know. And so I couldn't move, so I couldn't do anything. But then what happened to me, Ryan, was um, somebody put on a cassette, that's how long ago it was, of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And that's where I had my spiritual epiphany to do the affirmations with music because Napoleon Hill, I wasn't interested in the businessman who'd become famous in America and all that stuff from the Think and Grow Rich book. But I loved listening to Earl Nightingale's voice. It was just beautiful, speaking the book. And then when he talked about how he had healed his son, who was born with no hearing whatsoever, by going into his little infant son's room every night and saying, you can hear perfectly, you are strong, you're this, I mean, just you're intelligent. And he did it night after night for years. His son, by the time he was four, had 30% of his hearing. He ended up being sent to a normal school and he went on to be an entrepreneur in the hearing aid industry. And, and when Napoleon Hill said, you know, it's these auto-suggestions, you know, which we now call affirmations. And so I thought, I'm going to give this a go. I've got nothing to lose. I'm depressed. I feel suicidal. They're told if I ever do walk again, I'd have a permanent limp. I've got to get through two more long operations and I used to do crazy things on stage, Ryan. I'd do backflips and God knows, get on top of the speakers. And Jeez. I just couldn't imagine this little athletic person that I am. I'm only five foot. I weighed about 90 pounds. You know, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't well, going to be well, able to do what I did. Sorry, so, go ahead. When you get into this injury, I mean, what do the affirmations do? Does it trigger something within you? Does it trigger uh, you to become aligned with a different power? What does it really... How well, when you just speak them, when you just speak them it's really hard to make them work because like Napoleon Hill said, you've got to, you know, emotionalize them. I mean, the Buddha talked about this two and a half thousand years ago. We are what we think. Everything we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. People don't realize they're creating their reality through their emotion and their thought. But you can't emotionalize affirmations if you do not believe that it's true. And once they are into the subconscious mind and they're not just in the short-term memory, and you haven't just farted them out because you don't believe them, well, it's got to go into your subconscious mind, and you have to speak them for months and write them down every day for them to work. Most people give up. But with the song, I realized you can't get it out of your subconscious mind. I've been writing jingles as well for advertising agencies on the side for years. You can't get a jingle out of your head. So I thought with pop music, if I sing my affirmations and write them that way, it goes straight into your subconscious mind. And all I know is from my own experience that that's changed my frequency, my vibration. It's, it changed me from being negative about things to just feeling like life again was in me. And it really worked so fast. So I started writing, as soon as I got out of the hospital, all of these other affirmation songs about money and prosperity and persistence. And I just didn't stop. And all of those things, I mean, so many things from 89... I met Stuart in 91, from then on, and then I worked with Bob Proctor from 93 right through to about 2000 um, and worked all over the world with him and so many other people and had more money than I'd ever had in my life and these affirmations worked. But what they also did, because I was in this different state of mind, my frequency was a much faster speed of frequency. So then that led me 
to even deeper spiritual things and deep meditation to the point where I went through the Stargate. I started having, you know, Stuart used to talk about going through these different dimensions. I started experiencing that. It was How did you do that? What was it? Was it in a trance? Because Stuart used to talk about no. doing, he used to talk about doing the, um, what the heck was it? He, some kind of trance where you would listen to a theta metronome. And it yeah, would I know like a, what beep, he beep, did, but no, it wasn't that. How did you do no, it? Be, no, because um, I was attempting to do that for a little while in, when I first moved to Malaysia, and I had a really bad experience. I sort of went out of my body and went to a weird place, and I sort of lost my memory for a couple of months, and I realized this is really dangerous. You're dealing with occult powers here. So I started to look for, because I found my heart glow, I didn't realize it was my heart chakra was slightly activated. And so I started looking deeper for someone who actually knew God, really, really knew God. And so eventually, after many years of traveling and looking, I found an enlightened teacher in all places, America, an American woman. I saw her hands glowing gold and there was no effect. Who was it? Just 100 people. Her name, well, her spiritual name's Kundalini. She doesn't teach anymore, but she was my teacher for 10 years. And she was transmitting light, and I was seeing all these amazing things. And after five years of studying with her really deeply in her transmitting light, I, my Kundalini woke up, uh, and I started going through the Stargate in different dimensions. And it was just the most blissful, amazing experience. Okay, and now, you, I'm sorry, I got to ask you: How do you go through the Stargate? Is, do you, do you, is it a meditation, or do you just, you just like you're awake? You're awake, and then what happens? What you just you're, you're. Well, I was in a deep meditation for about okay. two hours. And you have to have got to the point where you've been able to stop your thought for quite a long time. And to start with, it's like you have these flashes. I had them for years. When my thought would stop, there'd be like this flash, sort of like a buzz in my head. And then one morning, of all times, it wasn't even in the evening, one morning I was uh, meditating for you know quite a few hours, maybe two and a half, maybe not that many hours, and I've been really, really able to stop thought and I've been able to get into samadhi. You know, it's not a trance state. You're still there. You're still bearing witness. But I've been able to do that. And then all of a sudden, the flash that I normally had, which would sort of be so loud, it would shock me back into my normal human mind. It didn't stop. I just went through this stargate and it was like a rushing, a roaring, a buzzing in my head. And then I was in like this other dimension that sort of looked like what, we would think the universe was. And then before I knew it, I was buzzing through another stargate and I realized that I could see 360 degrees. And when I realized that, I was like, jump, put back into my body and I came out of the um, meditation. But this went on for months before my Kundalini completely, you know, um, went up the Shashumna and, and enlightened me. But um, it's, it's a very, I wouldn't recommend anyone practicing chakra meditation unless they've got a teacher who can look after you because you know you read all about these people who have spontaneous kundalini awakenings and they end up in in the silly home you know what is a kundalini awakening is it when you have a surge of connection with your spirit is it just no. a general way okay the, the bottom of everybody's spine is kundalini that is what you want to bring up and there's a there's a, a funnel Stuart probably talked to you about the funnel. It's called the Shashumna, and it's like a hollow tube. And he must have had his Kundalini awakened because otherwise you can't go through any dimensions at all. I mean, it's got to be cleared. That Shashumna along the spine has to be cleared. And what the Kundalini is really is just vibrating energy, like little gold and blue bubbles. I can only describe it that way. 
but so minute, and they're, they're part of the divine dimension. But what they do is they scrub up the Shashumna, and then as it reaches different um, chakras, those chakras become activated, and then you can visit different realms, different dimensions. Um, you don't want to be ever focusing on the lower chakras because then you'll go to the grey areas, the grey parts, and they're very dangerous to try to get out of. That happened to me. When I, as I said, when I was in Malaysia, I was like, "Oh no, Stuart, you can what, go." Uh, kind of, what kind of what is it? The negative energies, or what is it? Oh, it's like it's like you're in purgatory or a lower hell or something. It's very dark. It's very weird, and everyone's sort of like in a coma, you know. Um, and um, it's very dangerous because you never know if you're going to be able to get out of those places again. Stuart obviously had occult powers that other people don't have, and I didn't care to visit those dimensions ever again as long as I lived. So oh, I Stuart, realized... Stuart used to love to go to hell. He'd say, um, he would, uh, he'd go to trance and says, bro, I'm going to hell. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm going to hell. I wanted to, he, he wanted to do many interviews about him going to hell and describing all these entities. I'm yeah. like, I don't understand. Why, like, why do you want to go there? He's like... Yeah. He was just curious. He's curious yeah, about the scene. I, I have no idea yeah. why he'd want to do that. I know, but, you know, some people have, you know, get stuck. They really do. I mean, I have spoken, once you're awakened, the astral plane where these people are stuck, there's souls that are stuck, but not necessarily um, hell plane. They're, they're actually not in a plane. They're in an astral plane, and they're stuck. And they would they come and telepathically speak to you when you're in a really deep samadhi, and because they're attracted to the light, they want to get free. They want to be, be able to be reborn again because they're stuck there. And they can be very, very high beings. Um, they're not, but they're stuck. They can seem like they are because they can see everything in the astral plane. So they can sound like they're extremely knowing and knowledgeable and people start thinking that these people are extremely spiritual, that have these channelings coming through. And... You don't want to be around the astral people because they want they they want to have a human experience and they're stuck. So, so uh, I met one once. It was seemed like filled with light, but I don't know if it's a he or a she. I don't know, but it said, you know, I've been this is 500 years before in your time before I've been able to contact someone who's got light. And after that, I literally just said. I know I'm getting these sitter powers and I'm able to communicate with different beings, but I want that taken away. I don't want to attract an astral being ever again. I just want enlightenment. I just want God. And so you can definitely, when you're in those states, ask for those powers to be taken from you because they distract you from truth, from your awakening. Because it's very, very entertaining. I understand why Stuart liked to do it. It is extremely entertaining, but you have to be an occultist. He must have been able to do that from lifetime after lifetime because it, you can just get in. I mean, even Shankara. Shankara was, you know, he left the body when he was about 23, but he became, like, he was an avatar, very enlightened, and he got stuck once believing that he was something else. It's, you know, the Maya, this, just this world plane alone is tricky enough to maneuver, let alone lower dimensions, but... Hats off to Stuart, and I adored him. <laughs> well, what are some of the... He used to call me his little groupie. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty interesting nickname. It's pretty cool. Um, what are some of the ways that people can achieve their goals, uh, six steps to achieving their goals and creating a big vision for themselves? Oh, there's so many wonderful ways you can do it. First of all, you've got to find out what you want. And people say, oh, I don't know what I want. I guess I just want money. I want health. No, but what do you, you know what you don't want 
and you, the, rate, the way you know what you don't want is because you have certain, everyone has a certain weakness in certain areas of their, um, their being. Like some, pers- some people may have creativity and they have these moments of great creativity and they start writing a book or starting a podcast, with a website, but, and they never finish it. There's something within their being that ends up going back to a lower oscillation and they find that they just can't persist. It's something from their past life. You know, so you find out what your weaknesses are and then you work on your mind, whether you do it through visualization, meditation or whatever you need to do, affirmation music, whatever you need to do, find a teacher that can transmit light to be able to release those things that are just stuck. It's like glue on you and it's like, you know, you're just a little hair's breadth away from the success that you want and to achieve your goals and to have plenty of prosperity. And you don't know why you can't just break that little hair because you feel good, you know you're a positive person, you know that you've got creativity through you, which is your divine higher self through you, but then you don't seem to finish things. Well, then you work on that. You use your willpower to will yourself to finish one project if that's one of your weaknesses. You will yourself, if you really want to get in shape, just to feel good, just so you can meditate for longer. You will yourself to do it. Not And don't ever do anything because you want to uh, impress somebody else. Never. That's never going to be a goal that will come to fruition. Do it for your own spirit. Do it to strengthen yourself. So you know your weaknesses, face them, and then strengthen them by doing one thing at a time. Finding out what you don't want will help you find out your weaknesses, and then you can write out what you do want. And write it out positively and read it out loud with visual images. Every day, I am now so grateful. Always add something spiritual, whatever that is to you, an om sign, Jesus, Yogananda, Stuart Wild. <laughs> and just add, add something about love or just a heart, even if you just put hearts all the way. Love, love, love. I'm so grateful to love that I now have this new you know, house that I own in full, whatever it is. I, I, I'm trying to work on those affirmations. I just want to try to accelerate between when you say something to when they become, you know, to when you actually manifest certain, th- certain things. Have you gotten any particular insights throughout your meditations and your uh, progress evolving about how the world's changing or what the world, what trajectory we're going to be on? I heard some things that the world's supposed to be becoming more enlightened. I don't know about that. I, I think that no, certain individuals are going for it. <laughs> I don't see a collective enlightenment. No. No, it's still the color yuga. It's still the dark age because we've got, you know, nearly 8 billion people. And so when people, when we had fewer people, it was much easier to meditate and go into high states of being. We had many, many high states of being. But then the more people came because there's so many souls, you know, everyone says, oh, my God, I was reborn. I was Cleopatra. No, you weren't. (laughs) Probably just a little tadpole somewhere. But anyway... So the more souls that manage to be born here because they really want to be born here so they can awaken and learn their lessons, you know, because the mission in life is to be in the moment. It's not the, you know, it's not where you get to, it's where you are in every moment in consciousness. And so it became extremely difficult, darker and darker, for people to be able to, you know, get into higher states. So the Maya, the collective consciousness, ended up taking over most of the people's minds. And so you have, you, we may have elevated technology, but we don't have elevated consciousness. 
There are not many people that, that have elevated consciousness. That we, that we have all these like, toys, but we don't have the capability of using them. No, no, because people just want to mask all their feelings. They don't want to face that beautiful, vast stillness within them that is better than any orgasm anyone would ever, ever have. You don't even care about that anymore. It's just, it's beyond human consciousness, the, the happiness, the, the, the bliss, the, the strength. You become a very, very strong spiritual warrior in so many ways. The darker sides can't fuck you anymore. They just can't. Fear can't do it. It runs to the next door neighbors because it just can't get to you. <laughs> it's so, like, cool. uh-oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to a couple of teachers, and they, they said, <laughs> a couple of teachers, <laughs> they, say, they said, don't focus your attention on the dark. If you focus your attention on the dark, it gives the dark more power. And oh. I... I have a hard time with it sometimes because I, I, I don't understand. I can't fully grasp the concept. They say, "Look, if there's dark, you got to call it out because a lot of people don't see the dark. A lot of people are, are walking around like, no, everything's fine.' I'm like, no, it's it's not fine. Things are getting worse. You have to understand that the evil is where the evil is. So you can call it, recognize it. So I'm at the, I'm really I'm conflicted with that. I don't know um, really what to do. I feel like I have to fight the darkness because no, the darkness. Laugh if, at you, it. if you don't stand at it, but it's you got to laugh at it, fart at it, put your middle fart. finger up at it. It doesn't like being laughed at. It doesn't? <laughs> oh, God, no. It doesn't like any sort of humor. Get a whoopee cushion, you know. Some Someone might say, oh, just, you know, burn incense and say there is no fear. No, just laugh at it. Fart at it. It will does not like that energy because there's no fear in, in joy, in laughter. So, you know, you just go, oh, fuck off, you silly knucklehead. So is that what you do? There's no do, power. Do you, do you, you don't have any power here. Do, You're do, pseudo-power. So should you go on Twitter and social media finding like the tyrants of people repressing people start making fun of them? Is that would that be something that'd be good? Because I don't know. I, I want to do whatever I, everything I, I want to do whatever I can to, to make those people's lives. You, you don't focus on it at no. all. If you're feeling any sort of fear, mm-hmm. there are dark energies around. So if you're feeling any sort of fear, uh, you just tell it to fuck off. Seriously, it hates it. Get a okay. whoopee cushion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? Just I have multiple whoopee cushions. Oh, and, I've seen so many dark oh energies, and I'm like, I'll put you down the garbage disposal, you little asshole. Oh, you know, awesome. you can't fuck with me. Just, I know. Just, now I can. Just, now you see. I can tell exactly why you're resonant with Stuart because it's exactly, it's exactly what Stuart would say. You Stuart used to uh, tell me stories about how he would get visited by UFOs and aliens. He'd say, "Oh yeah, I got visited." So I'm like, "Was it cool?" Like, no. He's like, "I, I they come visit me. I pull down my pants and moon them. I moon the bastards." <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to ask him any questions. Like, nah, nah, nah I don't want to. He just, that's the way it was. All right, so that's what you do. So it's the not, darkness it, coming it, out. It's you, pseudo. It's pseudo. You, you, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go into the politics because mm-hmm. God only knows what the governments are doing to people that tell the truth about what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take yeah, down your terrible. websites and everything. But um, no, just, just, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of... You do exactly what you feel you need to do. If if they come up with some sort of thing that you have to inject into yourself, just say, fuck no. You know, <laughs> you can't travel without it. I won't travel. <laughs> just astral travel. You, know? astral <laughs> you can't drive. Travel. That's great. You, I'll get an Uber. The, yeah, I'll get an Uber. <laughs> You're not going to kill me. You know, and just stay off the grid. You know, I, I mean, be positive and laugh at stuff, but don't get into conversations with people about fear or getting down rabbit holes. Don't watch too much news. Just, you know, it's, this too shall pass. 
this world plane has gone through so many calamities and diseases and wars, it's always going to go through something because people come here to learn. And you're not going to learn when it, you, you, that's a different plane. That's a heaven plane if everything's great. And after you've learned enough here, you get to hang out there for a while and come back when you want to, as you want to, and where you want to. There's so many world planes, not just this one. So, you know, don't take it all so seriously. Oscar Wilde said life is too serious to be taken seriously, and Oscar had a great sense of humour. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry. Don't be concerned. Well, listen, this too shall pass, but passing a what? Pass, what, what, what are we, what we going to pass into? So well, it's thinking, not. It, uh, so well, what, I'm just curious. What, 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 what are we going to pass into? What are we going to go into? Well, I can't really say that because things change every moment, but I've got a bit of an idea. Sure. What do you say to an idea? Where, where are we headed to right now? Well, we're headed to a place where people are going to become more aware. You'll have a lot more people being afraid and they'll be sheep about it, and there's a lot more people becoming aware. So, um, and it's all about consciousness. It's all about awareness. So the awareness of the world will come up a percentage to what it was. So that's good because this, is, this place is only a place for you to learn. It doesn't matter what's in front of you. There is no good or bad. It's how you respond. If you find you're reacting, you know you've got a lot of work to do on yourself. That means there's fear coming in and there's darkness and like Stuart said, moon it. You know, and just don't be concerned about yourself and you'll be looked after. The divine presence is omnipotent and you know shit happens it happens who cares you know i, I go through the stargate every day i'm that's what happens when you die is there anything is, is there any kind of insight, is there any insight you get in the stargate like do you do you get any kind of messages or you come in contact with any types of beings that are kind oh, of hanging God, yeah. oh yeah absolutely all the time but um that's what happens when someone dies they go through that tunnel but it's it's not like anyone really oh it's tunnel and there were like all these lovely people there no it's it's powerful and your head buzzes and you go it's a rush <laughs> it's not some oh nice little spiritual being at the end of the tunnel and we had a little chat no the divine you know it's just not like that because people that have had near-death experiences what happens is this and they no one knows that they do all these documentaries and people are just getting fooled because they have literally had an experience where they went through some of the light, maybe the beginning of the Stargate, where there's just light. They haven't gone through the rush of it into another dimension. And so the divine is omniscient. What does that mean? Knows everything, is everything, the creator of everything. So if somebody is a Christian and they've only ever known Jesus and they may have really loved their grandparents, the divine will show up, but it's not your grandparents and it's not Jesus, as those things so that you feel safe and you have an opportunity to sort of with your own consciousness even though you don't know it is checking out whether you're ready to go back into your body are they operating still too long are they bringing you back to life or you come back to life and it's not usually your choice it's usually just your karma that will do it so this other lady um, saw Yogananda she was just about to commit suicide and she saw Yogananda because she had pictures of Yogananda all over her house, autobiography of a yogi she'd read it a million times. So then the divine presence brings something in front of her to stop her from killing herself, because that's a shitty thing to do to your soul. You'll really take a while before you get, come back here, I'm telling you. But anyway, so, so the divine put Yogananda there. But she thought, oh, it's Yogananda. No, Yogananda said he's not going to come back for a few hundred years, if he does, when he left the body. He definitely said that to all his students 
me said, no, enough already. <laughs> and so it's just, you know, in the consciousness, the divine will give you whatever's going to be comforting to you at the time. So when people have near-death experiences, the divine is giving generous, kind, beautiful, and that is your, your true self. So it's really your higher self that's giving you these experiences so that you will feel safe and loved and okay. Anyway. Well, connecting to that story, <laughs> I would want to, I'm just curious to go in there to, to get some more information. I mean, right now, what's happening on Earth, being in the human body, and I mean, as of right now, I'm very curious, and I know that I am a spirit taking a partnership with the body, yet I'm very much committed to the human experience because that's all I've known most of my life. Most of my life I've known this reality or I've been grounded in the reality of, uh, of the illusion of just being a human. So the idea of you know spirit being in the body is something relatively new. So I'm trying to move out of that. I'm trying to get more information with that. And, yeah, and you, well, you're immortal consciousness. You should check out my um, themysticalexperience.com. And if you want to be part of it for a couple of months, you can be part of it for a couple of months for free and just Thank feel you. what it's like to have the light transmitted to you for two months. Well, love see it. How you, see how you feel after that. If you yeah. want to do that, you just email Trevor and um, sure. we'll do that. Well, and then I'll have a session with you each month on the phone and send you light. Thank you. And when this thing happens, like, what do, you, do you ever come in contact with beings that because they're in eternity – because there is no time that they've seen how everything plays out because they, and understanding is that okay yeah. we're in the physical form and then okay with physical form and there's time and there's the possibility of chance but if you're in eternity how do you not see how everything plays out from now into eternity all the different possibilities well, well that's a more complicated answer i like to keep th things simple but that is a more complicated answer because of the fact that when you have um what I call a download from a spiritual being, a higher being, particularly one who hasn't even had a physical experience at all, they don't need to, uh, and you're given instruction. And I'm only ever given instruction on what I need to know at that time for my students or to go to the next level myself or, you know, good job, son, you know. <laughs> it's always son. I'm called son. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, must be all that male energy. No. Uh, very, no, I'm very feminine. Of course I am. I would never curse or do anything like that. Now, anyway, rock and roll. <laughs> it's so funny. You, you, I, can, I know. I, I, the whole time there's an interview, I can see you, you, and, you and Stuart have so much. You have such a freak. Your energies are very similar. Oh, we would talk for hours oh when God. I lived in Malaysia on the phone. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was like it's, it's crazy, crazy like the, the rebel. It was so rebellious, such a rebellious energy. I can sense it, too. I can sense it. Spiritual like, you, rebel. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. Well, spiritual rebels are the real spiritual people. Everyone else is just, oh, thank you. Come here and, 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 and bow to me. I'm so thankful. Yeah, like an no. thing. What are some of the huh? ways that you can – yeah, some of these people, like, they, they, they'll teach, and I feel like a lot of it's ego – and I'm seeing it I'm seeing it so much more now because of the unconstitutional fascist shutdowns. And yeah. when these started happening, I was expecting like people in the metaphysical community, I was expecting more people to stand up and say, This is a bunch of crap. And they just kinda a lot of people just kinda went along with it and they were all wishy washy. And then I saw a handful of people that were out there like charging after it. And those are the people. I'm like, Well, those are the candles in the dark. 
yeah. a lot of people that are in that um, the new age. I, I, I don't know how committed they are. So I mean, we, can you, I just wondering from your perspective and your experience having shared the stage with Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and a lot of the teachers, what are some of the indications that a teacher, a metaphysical spiritual teacher, is authentic or what are some indications that they're just full of crap and they're just in it for the money and they're just in it for the ego trip? Oh, that's easy. You just be a very cute little blonde who works with them and wait till they hit on you. <laughs> <laughs> so many times. I was like, I'm rock and roll. You can't, you know, just fuck off. So if they hit on you, if they hit on you, of them, and Stuart just went, oh, shit, they're holier than thou people, huh? Oh, <laughs> That's, yeah, that's it's, what it is. it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. I mean, the only two I'll have to be honest with you. The besides my teacher, the only but she's not in the public eye. The only two that I met that are authentic, really authentic, and really funny and great people were Bob Proctor and Stuart Wilde. That's it. And I became great friends with both of them. Worked with both of them. Worked with Bob a lot. I mean, he's just so out there and and funny and authentic and if he doesn't like people who just you know we, we, there, were, there were these uh, promoters in um, one of the Asian countries were having dinner and they were wanting to talk Bob into doing an event for them you know and they would promote it and make money and blah 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 and halfway through <laughs> I'm looking at him and his wife and he got up and his wife got up and and uh, everyone's just still talking amongst themselves and about 15 minutes went by and the main promoter said to me, oh, Michelle, where'd Bob go? Oh, I said, I said he's gone. He's not going to do your event. He doesn't like your energy. <laughs> he's not coming back. And I said, no, he's gone. <laughs> Why couldn't he just tell me? I said, because he really doesn't like you. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. And Bob just, I mean, I guess that's, that, that, that's, being, that's being straightforward. Do, that's being straightforward. To do it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know... The, What's happening in the world right now, Ryan? It's like, it, it, it's so hard for me to explain it to you because the world is not real. You, you, you've got to experience the worlds of light. This world, world is a world of light. You can't take any of it too seriously. There'd be, there's always going to be some rubbish bullshit like there is now going on. Like, obviously, what's going on now is bullshit. Fact. But 100%. How much more? I mean, it seems like a lot of people are committing to it. And I was talking to one of my friends. Well, because they're in fear and they don't want to get into trouble with the government. They don't want to lose their licenses. Or, you know, I don't know. I they're just like, in fear. How much, how much more are they going to tolerate? I mean, I, I mean, it's like getting bullied and bullied. And like, are you just going to sit there and tolerate it? Like, if, you just, if people had a fraction of a, of a percent of courage, they could push back on this thing. But they don't. And I don't understand why. Like, why are you letting. Oh, no. No, there's a lot of people, you know, underground. But yeah, not poison. so much underground that are doing stuff. Okay. I know a lot of doctors personally, so in Europe and stuff, and so you know, don't be too concerned. There's a lot more people pushing back than you could Good. even well, imagine. Well, how do people successfully push back against this? I was because uh, this is interesting. I've, I've literally asked this question to three different people in the last 24 hours, and I've all gotten different answers. And I'm just saying, like, do you not give the dark attention? Do you disempower it by denying it a particle state? Do you focus on love? Do you focus on getting other people to turn away from that? Like, what are some of the things you can do to disempower well, the, the, the dark? You can't have fear. And if you do have fear, you've just got to be courageous and step into that creative side of your life. You've got to be refocused on something else. You can't let yourself get caught up in the collective unconscious. 
You just cannot. Because those that are in a higher state of consciousness will always be okay, no matter what. I mean, even if they died, they'd still be okay because no one ever dies. You know, what is there to be afraid of? You know, people want to kill everyone off with stupid vaccines and make all this money and do all this shit. You know, oh, we'll get less population. Don't worry about it. Seriously. Sing a happy song. Don't worry. Be happy. It's not ignoring it. It's being strong, but it's not being strong where you've got to grit your teeth and be constipated about it, that you're still in fear if you do that. You've got to... Get rid of your fear by, please, everyone, exercise, bloody hell. People aren't exercising enough right now. You've got to allow yourself to breathe the air and be in nature as much as you can. Um, I live in the middle of nowhere. So when they say, you know, stay in one spot, I'm like, well, that's my life. (laughs) 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 I could just be alone forever in these mountains you know, and just uh, meditate and do everything through live stream. I'm happy to do that now. I, do, I usually only do three live events a year anyway. Um, so, <laughs> Worked out. so it's, yeah, I, so I don't know people say, like, like, they say, stay in place, do this, do that. I'm like, I'm not listening to it. I'm not listening to the damn thing you tell me to do. I don't listen. I don't listen to what anyone says. I mean, my wife, she, she has my ear. And if she, she says something, I generally give her the benefit of the doubt. But when anyone else tells me, do this, do that. I, mean, I don't listen to you. You're not the boss of me. No one's the boss of me. No, I, I like mean, you think, you think about what, what you know, St. Teresa of Avila did during the Spanish Inquisition. She talked about enlightenment and she got her own nunnery happening and meditation. And I was like, oh, meditation's evil. And she's like, no, well, we just want to be in the silence, okay? I want to start my own, you know, my own order. And she did things that were so brave during the Spanish Inquisition. You even started growing herbs they'd burn you at the stake i mean you've just got to have faith she had faith you've got to have faith you've got to have faith that the higher power is looking after you because you are the higher power and that there are people on this planet right now that are doing a great deal of things not just in the face of letting people know the truth but also through the light my teacher is so many other people that i know that are in high states of consciousness are you are being looked after and you can rise above this. You honestly can. It really doesn't take that much. It's your state of mind. And exercise and meditation together, just those two together, will totally um, lift you up. So the Bring up your immune system. Meditation. So what does I that mean? mean? Was it like a half hour a day where you just what, you close your eyes, don't listen to anything? What is a meditation? Well, well one of the things that I've given your listeners is my video, The Practice of Meditation. Um, I've got given them my new book. I've given them magnetic creative visualization, the practice of meditation, goal setting, intention. So just all of those things will really, really assist them. And if they want to go even deeper, go to themysticalexperience.com, check that out, and be part of this eternal light, this lineage. You'll be in the aura of that, and you'll be looked after. Michelle Bladerman, thank you so much for being with us today. And I, I didn't say it at the beginning of the show, but do you know Michelle's been an author of over 60 books? It's incredible. It's incredible. 60 books and several DVDs, music CDs, TV shows. And, you know, she's a dear friend of Stuart Watts. She was with him at the very beginning. And it was awesome. I love your energy. I'm so glad uh, for all the positive, great uh, insights you, you gave our audience today. You can learn more about Michelle by going to her website at michelleblood.com. We'll also post in the show links to the books and uh, all of your other great works. Michelle, thank you so no much for being with us.
forward slash outer limits, you'll get nearly two hundred dollars worth of free stuff. Awesome. And okay, Michelle dot com forward slash outer limits. We'll we'll post yeah. it on there. And now C H E L E, not two L's. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special thanks to our featured guest, Michelle Blunt, and special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Constance Dallas, and Ms. Lisa McGarity. Also, thanks to our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. Fantastic job. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends. I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening.